The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. chapter 9, I'd like to talk to you on the topic this evening of three cheers from Jesus, Matthew chapter 9, that's where we find the first cheer. So let's have a word of prayer before we get started. Father, Please help us tonight. Give us your grace and mercy. Holy Spirit, guide every word as it's said and every word as it's received that it would be led by you so that your work is done. Not my work, but yours. That Jesus would be glorified. That the church would be strengthened. Each individual, each family, would be strengthened, encouraged because of the preaching of your word. So, Father, meet with us, please. Everything we do without you is vanity. So please show up tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, all of us have a lot going on in our lives. People look at me and they'll say, you're busy, but I say back to them, you know, you're busy too. We all have things competing for our time and our energy, Uh, and uh, that's why it's important for us to prioritize and place God number one, put God first in our lives. But we have much going on in our lives today. You think about our family. Your family demands certain time and attention. If you're going to do it God's way, Uh, energy and effort must be put into your children. Uh, Energy and effort must be put into your marriage. And energy and effort must be put into your own life so that your walk with God, your relationship with God, continues to grow. It doesn't become stagnant, but that it continues to develop and grow deeper and richer as each each day goes on. So we have in our family life much going on, uh, a constant battle to stay balanced, a constant battle to keep out evil, a constant battle uh, as we deal with temptation through the Word and power of God, and not only for most family life, but then work life on top of that is demanding uh, not only the job or the uh, issue that you do at work demands certain things. Obviously, for myself, uh, mine is more of a mental game, uh, thinking and making uh, uh, or giving advice 
but also at my work, as it is where, where everyone else works, unless you work just by yourself, is that there are relationships at work as well. Uh, I have a medical assistant that I'm constantly dealing with. Uh, she can make my day uh, easier, or she can make the day more difficult for me. My receptionist can kill me if they don't schedule right. Uh, that's an art, I tell them, about how to schedule people. And so I have to deal with uh, these ladies at work as you deal with people at your work, whether they be gentlemen or ladies. There's relationships that go on at work that you have to work at, put energy and effort in so that your work goes well, your day goes well. A lot of us spend uh, a significant time at work versus at home or other places and then for us that call ourselves children of God, those that have been saved uh, through the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, we also have a church life. And there are relationships that uh, are within our church life, within our church family. And uh, they also take energy and effort to develop those relationships, to uh, mature those relationships. And for most of us, we desire harmony uh, in all these relationships, when you think about it with your family, uh, with us five, we desire a, a harmonious uh, atmosphere at the house. This is what we strive for. Now, sometimes uh, it's not possible. Obviously, we have three ladies versus two men. And uh, so uh, the two Georges that are in our house sometimes will... Um, get the short end of the stick because we want to please the ladies. Uh, amen. Uh, if you have any wisdom, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Well, here's a piece of wisdom. You keep the ladies happy. And I've taught, tried to teach George that uh, for these 20 years that he's been with me. Uh, but uh, we desire harmony in our family. I certainly desire harmony at my workplace because, again, that can really take a lot out of me if the day doesn't go well because... Not just that the patients that may be giving me some difficulties, or maybe the patients are uh, very difficult in the sense that their complexity of medical care is demanding. But if my medical assistant or my receptionists are giving me a hard time, I not only have to deal with my patients, but then I have to deal with those relationships. And the same goes with uh, life here at church. We desire harmony among the brethren. We desire to have good relationships among the brethren. Uh, in the book of Romans, it tells us, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, uh, live peaceably with all men. And that should be our desire. Uh, with our family life, our work life, our church life, is, is to be have uh, a peace. But I know that we live in reality, and sometimes difficulties or conflicts uh, will arise in these relationships. And we have had it at, at the house where there might be a little turmoil um, amongst the family members, and it takes effort to take that situation, find out what might be the problem, and then rectify that problem. Uh, it's a constant balance at with the family, it's a constant balance, a balancing job at the workplace as we try to make it harmonious. But again, conflicts will arise, misunderstandings will arise, miscommunication 
uh, can arise and cause difficulties, and it can happen also within the church family. Uh, that miscommunication, uh, a misunderstanding can, can arise, and it should be, as all of this is compounded on us, and as we're dealing with these issues and desiring harmony and love to abound, uh, that we do not allow a seed of bitterness, a root of bitterness, uh, to enter into our lives, because that root of bitterness will have fruit down through the ages, and the fruit of bitterness is ugly, and it's nasty. It's not profitable for my family to have bitterness between each other. It's not profitable to have bitterness within my work my workplace, as well as in the church. And there's a warning that Paul gave the Galatians in Galatians chapter 5, verse 15. Don't turn there. Stay in Matthew 9. But Paul told the Galatians, But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. And a lot of times what transpire, or what needs to transpire in order to have harmony is for people to humble themselves and say, I've learned this, and you know what? I'm wrong. Let's get things right. I may have misunderstood. Uh, I may have misspoken. It's easy to do in flesh and blood. Let's get things right. So that we do not continue to bite and devour one another because the Word of God says it's possible that we consume each other. It's like cannibalism, where we eat our own, where we should be loving one another, forgiving one another, be kindly affectioned, as the Bible says, one to another. So we have all of this going on, and it can get quite overwhelming, because again, as I said, it's a constant balancing act making sure that there's harmony within the family. I know all of you desire that in your family. You desire that amongst you and your spouse, harmony. Uh, there's nothing worse when I walk in the house and I read the face of my wife and I realize instantaneously things are not harmonious. And it's certainly not my fault, obviously. I've been gone all day. What could I have done or said? But it's my immediate desire, and I, you can ask Linda this, over the 29 years that we've been married, and 30 years that we've been together, is that it's my desire to rectify that discord and to get back to harmony. I do not want to spend time in discord. I want to spend as much time as I have on this earth living in harmony with my wife, with my children, with those at my workplace, and with my brothers and sisters in Christ here at church. I don't, I don't want the devil to take any time away from me that I can give to Christ, that I can use to glorify Christ. But with this, we can feel... Uh, overwhelmed sometimes, if I can say that. We feel overwhelmed because of this demand on our life. And if there is discord or if there is difficulty maintaining that balance, we can 
feel down or we can feel depressed. Uh, many times an individual will start to become negative. Uh, there's discord, there is uh, lack of harmony, and one of the results can be a negative attitude or a pessimistic attitude that the sun never shines, uh, you know, nothing is ever good. And not only all of this, but uh, in a way, not necessarily physically, but emotionally and spiritually, we can become lethargic. Uh, we can start to become ineffective in all areas of our life. I know when I'm battling certain things, when things are not in harmony, that I am less productive in my life. Uh, I'm less productive at my workplace. Uh, obviously, I'm not the husband or the father I should be when things are not in harmony, obviously, as much as can be according to the Word of God. And so with this demand on all of us, all of us have it, uh, because all of us have some family members. Uh, most of us not only have family, but also work and relationships within work. And then by your presence tonight, prayerfully, you're a part of this awesome uh, local body of believers here at Gospel, and we have relationships with each other, prayerfully relationships that are growing, uh, advancing, and maturing together. Uh, Jesus, knowing our frame, because it says in, in um, Psalm 103.14 that He knoweth our frame, He remembereth we are dust, Knowing our frame, knowing our humanity, Jesus in his ministry gave three cheers to the disciples to encourage them, uh, to uh, give them some hope that amongst all the demands of life and the devil trying to disrupt as much as he can the harmony that all of us desire in our families, in our workplace, uh, and at, in our church life, I wanted to share with you tonight, I pray, an encouraging message on three cheers from Jesus that I pray you can meditate on and think about the rest of your life to give you encouragement. The first is found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. This is a story of a man, the paralytic man, that uh, four men bring to Jesus... And it says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1, And uh, he, Jesus, entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And so the first cheer that God gives us through His Son Jesus is that our sins are forgiven. No matter what transpires in a day, no matter what a day brings, no matter what the devil throws at us, my friends, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. You're not going to hell. You're going to heaven. You're on your way to heaven. One day we are going to be totally sanctified like Jesus Christ. And so, regardless of what transpires in our physical life, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. You see, this man was sick of the palsy. And these four men bring this man to Jesus. Now, as you read the story, 
They bring the man so that he may be physically healed. They were not bringing him to Jesus to be saved. They were bringing him to be healed physically. You see, their priorities were misarranged. Jesus, instead of healing the man, says, Be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Then, in the parallel uh, portion of the Gospels with this, with this story, the Pharisees are saying, How can this man forgive sin? Only God can forgive sin. And Jesus said, to show you who I am, I'm not only going to forgive this man of his sins, but then he told the sick of the palsy, get up and walk, and he did. And it shut those other people up. But what this demonstrates is where our priorities should be. We obviously fixate a lot of times on the physical. And I understand that. We live in the physical. We look at the physical. Man looketh on the outward appearance, the physical. Man, God looks on the heart. But God is saying it's more important to be saved than to be healed physically. I mean, all of us, as you know, as we advance in age, things happen. I, people come to me often almost daily, and say, is this what I am experiencing? Is this part of the aging process, or is it a disease or sickness? Now, sometimes it's a disease or sickness, but in other cases, I'll tell an individual, very politely, I hope, you're getting old. You know, it's sometimes hard to say, but, you know, you're getting old, and things start to happen. Uh, you know, as we advance, we're, we're not as agile, although mentally we think we are. And I'll have people come in with pulled muscles and sprained uh, ankles or knees or a lot of times a, a bad uh, back that's gone out because the person mentally is thinking that they're 20 uh, when in reality they're 70. And you have to kind of educate them that some some years have gone by and... And the back is worn down a little bit. But I, I see this so that Jesus beautifully says the physical is secondary. Not that it's not important, but it's just not as important as your eternal destiny. That's why he said, Son, be of good cheer, uh, thy sins be forgiven thee. So I'd like to say that the first cheer demonstrates that no matter what may be going on physically, regardless if it is an incurable disease, the dreaded thought of cancer, or just chronic ailments that are chipping away at your health and taking your vitality, strength, and energy away, no matter what's transpiring physically, no matter how hard it is on you physically, because God knows that we're advancing in age. God knows that we're kind of falling apart until the day that we pass away. And he, understanding how our physical nature is going to be as we get older, says, wait a minute, don't necessarily put the priority on the physical. No matter what may be going on in your physical life, son, 
be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. You're on your way to heaven. God is your Father. And you are on your way to heaven. So no matter what you may be have going on physically, think on this. If you're a child of God, be of good cheer. Sit there at your desk at work or as you're driving in your van or in your vehicle or in your pickup truck or at the house or even here at church and physically things might just not be A-OK. Be of good cheer still. Don't allow yourself to get down. Don't allow the devil to get on top of you and allow the physical circumstances of life to rule and reign over you and suppress you and make you ineffective, make you lethargic. Understand this. Meditate upon it. Be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. You will be healed one day. Gail will walk one day. The deaf will hear. The blind will see. Heart disease will be healed. Cancer will be healed. Multiple sclerosis will be healed. Gout will be healed. And we can be of good cheer. Because our sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. Now, if you will, uh, the second cheer that we get from Jesus is found in Matthew chapter 14. If you'll turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. And let me read verse 22 through 27. Uh, Matthew 14, 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go to before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the even was come, he was there alone. But the ship, that's the ship the disciples were in, was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And my friends, the second cheer is in regards to problems in life. Not only does God say, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee, in regards to the physical aspect of life, but here the disciples are, as ordained by God, going across the sea, finding themselves in a storm, finding themselves in a perilous problem of almost they were fearful of their own life, Uh, And storms of life come by, and Jesus, if we'll just look a little bit spiritually, Jesus is walking by. And he says during the problems that face us in our life, hey George, hey pastor, whoever it might be, listen, as you go through the problems, as you go through the storms of life, and all of us know these storms come. The problems come. But Jesus says, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. He'll be with us through the storms. He'll be with us through the problems. Regardless of the root of the problem, whether it be family problems, and all of us deal with family problems. I don't think anyone here, uh, and I hope there would be, that would be awesome, but most of us would probably say there are some issues in the family. 
maybe not in the immediate family, but in the widespread family that you have, that there might be some issues or problems, uh, things uh, that are a burden to you that you pray about, maybe you lost loved ones, maybe loved ones not serving the Lord, loved ones that are sick, loved ones that are having financial uh, problems. Maybe you are having financial problems. Uh, maybe you are having other issues in life with friends. But God is saying through His Son, Jesus, storms come. Jesus led the disciples into this storm. But he tells us as we go through these difficulties, listen, you're not going to go through the difficulty alone. I am with you in the storm, but be of good cheer. Don't allow yourself uh, to stay down. Don't allow yourself to stay negative. Don't allow yourself to become pessimistic as you go through these trials, as you go through these storms, as you go through these problems, because our Jesus is with us. My, he says, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You know, it tells us many times, especially through the book of Joshua, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Be of good courage. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what he's given us, not fear. I don't believe God sends us into the storm to produce fear, but to produce faith. That's what he desires out of the storm. And as we're in the storm, as we're in the problem, and believe me, without telling you, there's been storms and problems in my life, and it can look dark. And the wind can be boisterous, the waves can be rough, and you think, that you are going to sink and die. You do believe that this is the end. There is no remedy. But that's when God says, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Don't allow the problems and storms to get you down. It's easy to let them, though, I know. Because I've allowed that to happen. But that's why Jesus says, be of good cheer. It is I. It's not my ambassador. It's not someone else. It's I. It's Jesus that will be with you in the storm. So be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And then the third cheer that I see from Jesus to encourage his children is found in John chapter 16. If you'll take your Bibles to John 16. And verse 33, this is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. Jesus, talking to his disciples, he's prepping them for his crucifixion. He says in John 16, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world... Ye shall have tribulation. But then I love it. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The world is going to give us a beating. Because we live contrary to its philosophy. We are a threat to the devil. We are a threat to this world system. If anything, and if anything's going to defeat the devil, and it's going to, it's God. If anything can 
defeat the world system. It's the preaching of the Word of God and the power of God through the Holy Spirit. And so there is going to be physical problems that we deal with, but God says, be of good cheer, regardless of what's going on physically, thy sins be forgiven thee. And there's going to be problems or storms in life, but Jesus says, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And then thirdly, there's going to be pressure from the world. And don't we feel it today? Politically, I think we're in a mess, my personal opinion. Uh, if uh, I, I just think things have deteriorated over the last six years. Again, my opinion. Socially, things are vastly different than when I was a young child in the late 60s, early 70s. The homosexual agenda is advancing. And it's a threat to our way of life. I told the Sunday school class this. If that was a natural way of life, our race would become extinct. There is absolutely no way humanity could survive if that was natural. But that's pressure. Because we feel it. Because that philosophy fights against the doctrines, the teachings of the Word of God, it fights against the very foundation of our life and of our marriage and of our families. And so all of us, regardless if you realize it or not, you are feeling pressure from these social issues, and that's just one of them, but a, a main one, another one that we feel pressure uh, on in our own lives and as a nation as a whole is abortion. That's a huge pressure because God cannot allow innocent blood to be shed without judgment. It goes against His Word. He tells us that Abel's blood, innocent blood, cried out to Him. And these babies' blood cry out to God and God must is and will judge. And my friends, as part of the United States of America, you and I, we feel that as well. And that's pressure. We get pressure from the music crowd. Music that does not honor and glorify God, but honor and glorifies the flesh. And promotes, teaches, advances ungodly philosophies. There's pressure all around from that. And not only from the music crowd, but as Pastor already said, I think it was tonight or this morning, about the Hollywood crowd. Their thought process, their philosophy, uh, for the most part now, general speaking here, is anti-Bible, anti-God. And it causes pressure in our life. Also, you think about it now. Religion can cause pressure in our life. Sets of rules and regulations without relationship with Christ can put pressure on a person. But Jesus said, and, and another one just off the top of my head, I have pressure in my life with personal safety. I don't like my wife to go out at night alone. And if she does go out 
with someone, I just make sure my wife's faster. And I tell my wife, if you're not faster than the other person, then trip them. You know, most of the time, you know, in issues, it's just one person, you know, so you just trip the one. And, you know, like I say, when you go out bear hunting, just make sure you can run faster than the other hunter. And, you're, and the bear will stop at the one that's slower. And then you can get away. But I, I am concerned with my wife's safety, as I know you are, men, and with my girls. And that puts a lot of pressure on us dads. And I know you dads here tonight care for your girls. And, and not you boys, but boys are just a little bit different. I can just take George and say good luck and I'll pray for you. But it's a little different with my Caitlin and my Allison. Don't touch or I'll be upset. And nowadays, I have a hard time letting my girls out at night. And sometimes, I'm even afraid to go out at night sometimes because of what this world's coming to. And, like I said earlier, regardless if I am aware of it or not, it puts pressure on our lives. But that's when Jesus, His infinite wisdom, knew that we would feel pressure from the world and that there would be tribulation upon us from the world, says, listen, my, my brothers and sisters in Christ, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so when you sit there and the pressure is there and the pressure is upon us and, and we're feeling this pressure and the pressure can have a negative impact on our lives, our family, our work, our ministries, our church life, Jesus gives us a third cheer. Be of good cheer. In this world ye shall have tribulation. Not will, but shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so we, we see that in all of this, in all this upheaval that can come into our lives, wants to come into our lives, Jesus, through Jesus, we can have peace. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, according to Philippians 4, 7. So allow me to leave you with this tonight, some encouragement. You may not be physically feeling the greatest. We're all getting older. No matter what may be going on physically, realize the priority of a small segment of time, which is our life, and it's vastly important. But you have to take it and compare it to the vastness of eternity. And he says, regardless of what's going on physical. And obviously, Christ is concerned about the physical because the majority of His miracles were healing the physical. But He said, regardless of what you're going through physically, meditate on this, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Regardless of what problems or storms in life 
you might be traversing tonight or maybe this week. He says, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. He will be there for you. He's given you the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And as all of us feel the pressure, feel the tribulation, feel the pain of this wicked, ungodly world coming on us on a daily basis, Jesus gives us that third cheer. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so tonight, may I encourage you to be of good cheer. I do believe everything's all right in my Father's house. In my Father's house, in my Father's house, everything's all right in my Father's house. For there's joy joy, joy. And it's only through Jesus. You can only be cheered if you know Jesus as your Savior. If you've never, ever come to Jesus as your personal Savior, come to Him tonight. There is no other qualified Savior. No other Savior that can satisfy God's demand on sin except His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who died for you, was buried for you, and praise God, rose again for you. But brothers and sisters in Christ, may we walk out of here tonight of good cheer because our sins are forgiven. Because as we go through the storms, it is I, Jesus, be not afraid. And as we feel the pressure of the world, Jesus knew we would be of good cheer because he's overcome this world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time tonight. I want to thank you for your awesome word. How you encourage us as you, I pray, did tonight through these three cheers from Jesus. I pray that men and women tonight that are your children, that are fighting whatever it might be in their life, physically, maybe a problem in their life, or they're feeling the pressure of the world, that as you guide them, they can kneel at an old-fashioned altar tonight and, and receive uh, three cheers from Jesus so that we walk out of here different than what we came in. Father, help us tonight. Help all of us be of good cheer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
stand. 